BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of Breaking Beauty Podcast is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Harnessing the revitalizing powers of the red camellia flower, Chanel Research introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare, numero un de Chanel. Beauty ahead of time. Discover the collection at chanel.com. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare concentrated with the extraordinary anti-aging properties of the red camellia flower. Numero 1 de Chanel harnesses the powers of this uniquely resilient ingredient to address the five signs of aging and support skin's vitality. The complexion appears younger, smoother, radiant and revitalized. Numero 1 de Chanel. Beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carleen Higgins. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our show, Breaking Beauty Podcast. Each week, we're here to tell you what's good from trends to founders to products and how-tos for your routine. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jill Dunn, and I'm here virtually with Carleen Higgins. Hey, Carleen. Hey, everyone. Hello. So today we've got an episode I think a lot of you are going to love, especially you skincare addicts. We're getting back to basics with skin. The topic of the hour is exfoliation. So Carlina, I had to look it up on TikTok how often the hashtag exfoliate has been used. And it's been used a whopping 380 million times. So lots of us are trying to keep that glow going all year long. And today's guest is licensed esthetician, Sean Garrett. He's an expert on this topic. And so he was just the person we wanted to ask about, you know, radiant skin. And you know what? He also happens to be Rihanna approved too. That's right. Sean Garrett, he's a New York-based esthetician. He's the former Fenty Skin Ambassador. And he's been featured many, many times in publications like Vogue, Into the Gloss, Allure, InStyle. He's basically like the facialist darling right now. Absolutely. And I love his Instagram. I fell in love with his work there. His Instagram is so well curated. And his followers really tune in for these doll skin tips that he talks about. And he's going to explain what that is in this episode. So he also regularly breaks down ingredients and how to incorporate products into your routine. He's really good at communicating that. 
you know, he just has this mad product knowledge and I love how accessible and inclusive his tips are. So in today's episode, we're breaking down the exact right way to exfoliate your skin, the cleansers, toners, tools, and tricks that you need at every price point, maybe even for free. We're going to be talking about the one under the radar exfoliating ingredient he recommends to most of his clients these days. If you want to know more about any of the products that we're talking about today, head over to our website at breakingbeautypodcast.com. We break it all down under episode recaps and we link to all of the products mentioned. In case you missed it, we had a whole revamp of our website and we even have a search function on there now too. So it'll be a lot easier to find the stuff that we're talking about. So get ready to hear it from the self-proclaimed skin doll himself, Sean Garrett. Oh, there you are. Hi. You oh my God. Me? So dewy. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Doll skin in the flesh. Left. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Sean. You are the self proclaimed skin bitch. I don't know if you still go by that. Is it that or skin doll? It's both. Doll is just more, you know, less offensive to some people, I guess. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, I feel like this says so much about you, but before we get into today's primer on everything to know about exfoliating your skin the right way, we need to know just who you are. So maybe you could just tell us a bit about you and how you got to where you are today because you started in fashion, right? Yeah. So like my first like dream ever in life was I wanted to work in fashion. I went to like work as a designer and then I kind of transformed into me wanting to be a stylist and kind of creative director. Mm-hmm. I really just love, which kind of makes sense for what I do now. I love like creating like shoots and stories around clothes and design and things like that. And it's kind of like what I do on my Instagram now just with beauty products. Yeah. But I wanted to be a stylist. I have, that was the first time I moved to New York in 2013. And I was working for a showroom and assisting stylists and things like that. And I quickly realized that fashion was just not the way I was supposed to go. <laughs> not like it. anyone who's worked in fashion <laughs> understands how stressful it is and like yeah. how underpaid you are. Mm-hmm. Especially being, I think it's a lot better now, but especially like in 2013, like being a young black guy in fashion, it was so hard just breaking through and getting jobs. And so it was really hard for me. And mm-hmm. that experience just kind of had me tap into my love for beauty just even more. Mm-hmm. At the time, I just felt like beauty was way more diverse and I could still have a career that I could control myself. I didn't have to, you know, I could have my own business within it, which is what was really the goal for fashion was to work for myself and work in a creative industry. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing makeup and that was kind of like my first beauty job. I yeah. worked for like, I think I like, I only lasted like a week. <laughs> But I like freelance for Laura Mercier and I was like, this is not for me. And I was working at like different beauty counters and I really got to like immerse myself in beauty daily. And it just like awoken like something in me that like, this is what I love. I can create a career out of it. I still didn't really see people that looked like me a lot, especially like men in beauty at the time. It was like a very like kind of female dominated thing, which makes sense. But it was still like a little bit of the market that I felt like should be tapped into. And as I kind of um, went along my journey in beauty, again, I realized that I did not want to be a makeup artist. Like while I love the creativity of it and having my own business and be able to work with clients, 
that skin was what I wanted to do. And my clients are the people who actually pushed me to go to aesthetic school because I would always like chastise them about their skincare routine. Yeah. And anyone who's worked as a makeup artist, we always have had those clients who like complain about their fine lines or texture or dark circles and things like that. And I was like, well, if you do this with your skin, if you exfoliate, you know, if you use peptides and hyaluronic acid, you know, this can help this. And at one point, my clients were like, well, why don't you just, you know, like be a f-ing facialist? And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. But at the time, yep. like as silly as it sounds now, I didn't know that was possible for someone like me. I was working at a spa at the time and the only people that I saw that were estheticians or facialists were like these like really young white Polish women. And while they were like beautiful and super skilled, I just felt like it wasn't an industry that I would be successful in because I didn't see myself represented in it. Until I finally just was like, you know, like I can do this. You know, I started my Instagram posting on it a little bit and I started to get a little bit of popular on social media. And I was like, you know, people are responding to the unlicensed advice that I'm giving on how to take care of your skin. So why not just go to school and really go for this? And so in 2017, I moved to Atlanta. I got pretty much took all my savings and everything that I had at the time. And I just invested in school. And I was in aesthetic school from, I think, like nine to five, like five days a week. And I was working on the weekends, still working at beauty counters and freelancing, And after I graduated, I opened up my business, which is Sean Garrett Skin. And I did have like a spa and was seeing clients in the beginning of 2020. But of course, the circumstances, we had to close the spa. And then now I've kind of just been really taking what I did in the spa and translating it into social media to reach a larger audience. Amazing. And at some point, Rihanna slid into your DMs, right? Because you were anointed a Fenty Skin Ambassador. I don't know if you're still affiliated with them, but I know... That definitely popped you off big time, right? Yeah. So honestly, like the Fenty Skin kind of discovery kind of happened at like a great place in my life because I knew that I loved working in the spa and I loved seeing my clients, but I also felt like I was back to working a nine to five. Although I was working for myself, it was like a very monotonous thing. And anyone who knows me is like, I have to just be free. Like I'm a Virgo and I love routine. But if it's too much of a routine, I'm like spazzing. And so the thing with the Fenty Skin job was that I got to do what I love on like a global scale, but every day was different. Whether I was like shooting a campaign or I was, you know, doing a training video for Sephora employees or if I was talking to, you know, our global partners and creating content and product development meetings. So it was a very expansive role and it definitely introduced me to a lot more, more larger audience, honestly. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Are you still working with them right now? I wasn't I'm sure. Not. So I'm no longer okay. um, with Fenty, but how do you have some exciting things coming within this month? Um, that's like a similar role, but it's really exciting. So hopefully I can announce that pretty soon. Okay. okay. Well, what is dull skin? Is that like glass skin or like how would you describe it? Is this what you have going on on your Instagram feed? You always have this beautiful dewy glow. Mm-hmm. And what's the number one product to get the dull skin? So doll skin really just kind of come out of my obsession with dolls when I was little. Like I was obsessed with dolls and Barbies. And of course, it wasn't like socially acceptable for like, you know, little boys to play with dolls. But I almost, when I got older, I almost use it as like an empowering thing. 
you know, for me to be like, you know, a grown ass man calling myself a doll. It's like a joke, but it's also a way I created a community to create, you know, to kind of connect with, you know, my audience. And so now they're all like the skin dolls and doll skin. I think people think it's like you have to have perfect skin, but it's really just about having like radiant, healthy skin, like having skin that is at its like most optimal, healthy, functioning barrier that just looks radiant and it's just healthy. And you can have healthy skin with breakouts, with hyperpigmentation. It doesn't mean that your skin is poreless. It doesn't mean that you don't have texture. It doesn't mean that you don't have any kind of fine lines or any kind of things that are considered flaws, which really aren't flaws. It's just mean about being like the doll of your life, you know, looking radiant, looking happy in your own kind of view of perfection. Love that. Amazing. What's your number one product for doll skin? Tell us your secret. Weapon. It's never a number one product. It's like, <laughs> you know, a top 17. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, we'll get into all of those. <laughs> for me, what like amplified the doll skin was the hydration. And that's kind of really what started like mm-hmm. the doll skin kind of thing was mm-hmm. that I, especially working in a spa, I just re- saw how many clients were just dehydrated and weren't mm-hmm. properly nourishing and taking care of their skin barrier. And which is a thing that has been like a talking point that I've been pushing for years on social media. And I think now in kind of beauty and skincare marketing, like it's all about the skin barrier and the microbiome. But I've been talking about this for years because for a long time, brands were pushing all of these chemical exfoliants and saying you can use this every day and that every day and use a retinol every day. And it's like people were destroying their skin. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of started this thing, which is called barrier repair. I didn't start it, but I really pushed that message of repairing your skin barrier because I was seeing so many impaired skin barriers in the spa. And really that an impaired barrier is just like when someone who's basically using too many treatments at once. So if you're using a retinol four times a week and you're exfoliating morning and night every day, you're not hydrating, not wearing your sunscreen, your skin barrier is going to take a hit and you're going to see more inflammation, more irritation, more breakouts and things like that. And so hydration was really like the, it's a huge um, supplement to fix those issues. And that's kind of where like the doll skin, healthy skin kind of movement for me came. Yeah, love it. It's all about that balance, right? So I mean, sure, like I, I totally agree with you. It's been this influx of so many chemical exfoliants and stuff, but you still, you, you still exfoliate yourself. Yeah, I exfoliate way less than what I used to like mm-hmm. back in the day. And I will say when I was younger, my skin was a little bit more resilient than what it is now. And it could be, um, you know, my environment has changed, my lifestyle has changed. And so the things that I used to could be able to use and more frequently, I can't now. Like Polish Choice 2% BHA, anyone who's been following me for years know that was like a holy grail product for me. Because mm-hmm. when I was dealing with things like ingrown hairs and also breakouts and kind of like adult acne, that was the one product that helped me a lot. And I will say when I first started using it, I was using it like every day, sometimes morning and night. And while I didn't have issues with irritation, I know me putting that information onto the internet and having other people pick it up, they would have an opposite kind of issue. And mm-hmm. now if I tried to do that, my skin would literally be on the floor. Like it just would slide <laughs> off my face. And so, you know, I've done the Paula's Choice twice a day and there's no question it's overkill. Yeah. Like I, my face, I'm itching it off. 
And like, I love it, but it's just like the lesson there is like, you just, you can't overdo it very yeah. easily, right? And that's why I hate when brands kind of market exfoliants as like toners. Because when you put mm-hmm. something like a toner on a packaging, it's kind of implying that you can use it every day, morning and night after you cleanse. And exactly. so I really think it needs to be like, it needs to always say exfoliating toner and advise users to use one to two days a week. Honestly, you do not need to exfoliate more than twice a week. You really don't. Mm-hmm. I don't care what kind of acne you have, what kind of skin condition you have. You do not need to exfoliate more than two times a week. Three is like pushing it. But like two, if you have a retinol in rotation too, that's more than enough. You know, retinol once or twice a week, exfoliating once or twice a week. And the rest of your routine should just be all skin barrier supporting products. Yeah. And what about, are there any, like, aside from toners, and we're going to get more into in-depth in that in just a little bit, but are there any just, like, free kind of product-free ways that you can exfoliate, like, for anyone who's on a budget? Like, just, you know, do you always require special products or can you just use, like, a special cloth or something? Well, your skin, like, naturally exfoliates itself with a process called, like, desquamation. So your cells do naturally turn over. Now, your skin cell, and that's why hydration is such an important key, because when your skin is hydrated, it can actually perform that action, which is desquamation. When you're not hydrating your skin, basically your skin is just holding on to that dead skin, and that's when you kind of get that texture and that flaky kind of dryness. So hydration really is the key in the center of any kind of routine. Mm. Now, you can use something like just using like a washcloth for like exfoliating kind of cloth on your face. That's a a manual way that you can gently exfoliate. I do prefer some type of chemical exfoliant, which is why I'm so glad that the skincare industry has been able to expand and have so many great products, whether at the drugstore, department store, things like Sephora. Mm -hmm. Um, Because one of the things for my clients who are on a budget and need something that's gentle and that they can use and have accessibility to is like the Ordinary's um, 10% mandelic acid. That's one of my favorite exfoliants. It's only $7. And mandelic acid is one of my favorite exfoliants because it's super gentle on the skin, but it's really good at treating acne, controlling sebum production, and it's really good for hyperpigmentation. And so my clients who, especially who have darker skin tones, I always get them on a mandelic acid kind of routine along with some hydration in a sunscreen. Yeah. You don't hear it. about mandelic acid as much as, you know, the BHAs, the AHAs, glycolic, lactic. Yeah. And it's, I think it must be so hard for the average consumer to be seeing all of these exfoliating toners and knowing which one is for them. And I wonder, mm-hmm. like, do you have any sort of quick tips for which one you should go for depending on what you're dealing with, you know? Yeah. And that's why I kind of created like an exfoliation guide on my Instagram and kind of breaking down my favorite exfoliants, what the exfoliants include. So like what AHA is, because AHA is like an alpha hydroxy acid. And under that umbrella of AHAs, you have glycolic, you have lactic, you have mandelic, and then you have like tartaric and malic and all of those. And then a BHA is just like salicylic acid. So what the Polish choice would be. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of like mandelic would be like the most gentle. Mm-hmm. And then lactic would be kind of like the second gentle. And those two are also very moisturizing on the skin. So that's why my clients who have like acne prone and are so sensitive, I always kind of put them on some type of lactic or mandelic. 
Glycolic is where I usually give to my clients who have like more resilient skin, more mature skin types, because that glycolic is really going to dig deep into the skin and really exfoliate. It's a little bit more aggressive. And then you have things like PHAs, which is like a new... It's not new, but it's new to the market of what people are kind of knowing as what an exfoliant is. And that one, I don't really think it works great on just by itself. Like PHAs are really like a hydrating acid. So it really gently exfoliates the skin, way more gentle than lactic or mandelic. But you're not going to get the same exfoliating results with just a PHA. I like when PHAs are paired with something like a glycolic that's a little bit more aggressive or like a salicylic acid or um, a mandelic or lactic. I really prefer my exfoliants to be in like a multi kind of thing. I don't like just one uh, kind of exfoliant anymore. Like one of my favorites now, because mandelic acid is pretty much what I stick to now. Uh I love the PSA skin heroin toner. It's like a glow toner. And it has mandelic and lactic, but also has licorice root. It has kombucha in it. So it's like a little bit more fermented ingredients that help turn over the skin. And that's probably the only exfoliant I've ever been able to use daily. I still don't, but it's so gentle and so effective that it's become like my favorite. That's a professional one. Is it? PSA? PSA, no. PSA is a new... Sister brand to uh, Allies allies. of Skin. Yeah. You're thinking of PCA. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. PCA. Thank you. So many letters. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. I'm just getting so many tips coming at me, Sean. I don't even know where to go next. <laughs> I want to ask you about this, and I'm sure you see it like for your clients quite a bit, just about people who get stuck in this horrible cycle of over exfoliating. So, you know, your skin might be dry and then they see flakes and they exfoliate and then your skin looks angrier than ever. And so anybody who's trapped in that cycle, mm-hmm. how do you rehab them and get them out of that if they're so used to doing it? And like, it's sometimes I find like somebody's derm told them the, when they were 15 to use these two exfoliating steps twice a day and mm-hmm. like they're still doing it and it's probably not working for them anymore. So how do you get out of that? Yeah, that was what I saw a lot in the spa, which I think is why so many people have been turned off from derms, at least in my practice, is because derms, they come from a medical approach. And so they know exactly what ingredient is going to help treat the issue. So if something like benzoyl peroxide or differin, which you can now get over the counter, but used to be a prescription, which is like a retinoid and kind of that helps with like cystic acne. So the derm is going to tell you what ingredient to use. And of course, using something like every day will probably help the issue, right? But the thing is with the derm is that they don't really give you a skincare routine. They're telling you, they're giving you a prescription and telling you what to use it and how to use it. Mm -hmm. And so the way that an esthetician like me would come in is that I would create a skincare routine that's specifically based on your concerns your current um, skincare issues, your skin type, and then also your lifestyle to create a routine that can work for you optimally. So I'm going to tell you, okay, your doctor gave you this tretinoin prescription. Do not use it every day. Don't use it on wet skin. Use it on dry skin. Put it over top of your moisturizer instead of under so we can buffer any kind of irritation. And then also use this in the morning to help with dryness that may come with it. So that's when the derm and the esthetician really work synergistically and kind of mm-hmm. help create a perfect treatment plan for a client, which is why I honestly think all derms should have an esthetician in their practice because you have to have someone who is skilled on these prescriptions that are being prescribed and help the client and the patient be able to implement that into their everyday life. 
And so when someone gets stuck into like a cycle of over exfoliating, it's because they think that the exfoliation is what's going to help the problem when it's actually causing more of the problem. So when you mm-hmm. over exfoliate your skin, what you're doing is cause, causing constant inflammation and irritation to the skin. And when you're exfoliating every day and don't have the proper um, products to help buffer that, so like a great moisturizer that has like ceramides and cholesterol and great kind of occlusive ingredients that are going to help um, moisturize and nourish the skin. And then having those hydrating ingredients, like a good gentle cleanser and a good gentle toner and a hydrating serum that's going to help replenish the skin. You're just basically just stripping off like layer after layer, you know, as a kind of dramatic effect, but you are just kind of causing more of an issue. And so the best way to do that is kind of where I started like my barrier repair series on Instagram is that Mm -hmm. I recommend you stop everything. You remove the exfoliants, remove the retinol, remove the scrubs. You stick to a gentle cleanser, gentle toner, hydrating serum, and a moisturizer and a sunscreen. You stick on that regimen for about two to three weeks, depending on the severity of how impaired your barrier is. And then we start from step one. Then we can add the exfoliant. Cold turkey, everyone. Cold Cold turkey. turkey. Because you can't really, you really kind of need to give your skin a break. Like now, I probably exfoliate like once a week because I found like a really good exfoliant, aside from the PSA one, from IS Clinical. And it's like almost like an at-home peel. And it's the closest thing I've gotten to at home that's similar to a peel in the spa. But it's still friendly because you're not peeling with it. But it gives me like, chemical peel results, which I love. So I use that like once a week. I use my retinol twice and that's my treatment products. Everything else are things like peptides. I love the Skin Medica TNS serum. I love their pigment correcting serum, you know, and then my moisturizers and my SPFs. So everything else is a treatment, but it's not an exfoliating treatment. And I think that's where people kind of get confused. Yeah. And what's one of your favorite products to recommend? Like somebody comes in to see you or whatnot and their face is just busted. They've overdone it. You know, that it's like, it's going to bleed soon. It's just so, the barrier mm-hmm. is so destroyed. So what, like, I know you mentioned the regimen, but are, is there like a go-to where you're like, you got to get into this? Yeah. So it's usually always some kind of like gentle cleanser. So like La Roche-Posay has amazing gentle cleansers and toners and moisturizers like they have like a Cicaplast balm, which is like a thick moisturizer that really just helps repair the skin. A newer brand that I've been loving a lot this year is Make Beauty. They recently relaunched under their new founder, Carrie Barber. And she's an amazing kind of founder and creator. And she's reimagined this brand to now have like a full skincare range. And they have this amazing moisturizer called the Super Cell Deep Moisture Cream. And it has like plant cell, plant cell stem extracts that really help just repair the skin and nourish the skin. They have a great gentle cleanser, oil cleanser, which is really great as like a nourishing kind of first step to break down makeup. Because if your barrier is impaired and your skin is irritated, using something like a makeup wipe, an exfoliating cleanser, it's just going to exasperate the problem. And also yeah. like a, just an easy thing you can add to your routine that's really nourishing is the Polish Choice Enriched Calming Toner. I put almost all of my clients on that. Polish Choice kind of markets it as a um, like toner for dry or very dry skin. But I've even put my acne clients on it. I've put my um, oily skin, combination skin clients on it because it's really just like a milky, nourishing toner. 
And I think people get so stuck in their skin type that they don't really focus on the concern. If you have oily skin, you need hydration. Your skin is overproducing oil because it's dehydrated. So we need to get the hydration in, you know, balance the sebum production, and then, you know, you'll see improvements in how much sebum you're seeing. That's why I love hydrating toners because it's not, you know, it's not occlusive. It's not going to clog anybody up, you know, like why not? It's an easy step. And you can, like, a toner doesn't have to be, like, on a pad. You can get, like, toning mist. I love a facial toning mist. You can get something as basic as, like, the Vichy thermal water or, like, the La Roche-Posay thermal water. I love the Caudalie grape water. Mm -hmm. Just to, like, hydrate my skin also in between steps. So, like, before I put any kind of humectant, like a hyaluronic acid or beta-glucan, something like that, serum, I make sure my skin is damp. I put that on. I'll mist my face again before moisturizer because I put all of my kind of nourishing, hydrating products onto damp skin because it's just going to make the skin almost more malleable and help it accept the products and the ingredients more. And you'll just kind of have a more hydrated experience. Okay. I love this tip. We always get this tip from facialists and I think it's mm-hmm. it's so important. I, it goes back to that sponge analogy. It's like you take a dry sponge and try to wipe something up, it's like not the same as when it's wet, right? It just absorbs better. Like anyone who puts like, if you try to put like hyaluronic acid on your dry skin, what actually happens is it'll do the reverse. It'll actually dehydrate the skin because Mm. hyaluronic acid is a molecule that's going to attach to any kind of moisture and water in the skin. And so if it's not damp on the surface, it's going to pull the water from under the skin. And then you're going to have like a dehydrated appearance, which is also why it's important to seal that hydration in with a good moisturizer that's going to help nourish and kind of seal all that in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Now, we know that people love a shortcut, Sean. So Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on exfoliating cleansers? Do you think they are worthwhile at all or do you kind of steer away from them? I love exfoliating cleansers. Two that I really love is one by CeraVe. The SA cleanser, that helped me a lot when I used to have pretty bad breakouts. When I first moved to New York, I was having like congestion like crazy as my skin was acclimating to this very congested city. I love that. And also the Dr. Dennis Gross, the pore perfecting cleanser. I think that's one of the best cleansers on the market. It lasts me like months and months, but it has like mandelic and salicylic acid in it. And it's probably one of the most gentle cleansers. Like I can use that every day and along with an exfoliant because it doesn't strip the skin. It's a really good cleanser. But I think exfoliating cleansers are great for people um, who tend to have more congested skin. So if you're someone who deals with blackheads a lot, ingrown hairs, especially for guys who have like beards and facial hair, an exfoliating toner with like a little silicone brush to kind of get under those hairs is a really great way to help kind of treat that skin under there. That's such a good tip. Mm -hmm. I think the things that you don't want to overuse are things like benzoyl peroxide cleansers. Those really are meant to be like a once or twice a week kind of treatment cleanser. And it's kind of like a way to not have a leave-on product because leaving benzoyl peroxide on can be very irritating for a lot of people. I know because I used to do benzoyl peroxide mask every day when I was younger to help with my acne. And my skin like was destroyed. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm still shook about how many shirts I've ruined because they bleached Yeah, they bleach it. your like, sheets. Like, in my pillowcases. Exactly. And I used to, what I used to do was, like, slather my face in, like, Neutrogena benzoyl peroxide. And then I would let that dry and sit on my face as, like, a mask and then just put a tub of moisturizer on. It was, like, the acne.org solution to skin. And I'm not going to lie, it cleared my acne, okay? Like, it cleared <laughs> it. But my skin after was, like, sandpaper. 
It was so bad. (laughs) And so now we have things like PCA Skin, which is the brand that I used to use on my clients in my spa. They have Mm -hmm. a great benzoyl peroxide cleanser, and it's like a 5% benzoyl peroxide in a creamy emulsion. So it's not dehydrating, not drying. And the way you'll use that is like once or twice a week, massage it in for about 30 to 60 seconds, and then you want to leave it on the skin for like a minute and then wash it off and go in with your hydrating products and your moisturizers and things like that. What do you think of those rice cleansers? Do you think like, do you like those or do you feel like are they in the category with scrubs where you need to be a bit cautious? No, I'm actually someone who likes a scrub, which I'll I kind of, I'll go deeper into that later, but I like a physical exfoliant. So I love a rice cleanser. Like I love enzyme cleansers, powder cleansers. One of my favorite cleansers from Tatcha, the rice wash. It's one of my favorite cleansers. So good. It's such a good, like creamy, hydrating. It's so good. And sometimes I'll even put like a little bit more of an enzyme cleanser in if I really want to get in, especially in my beard area. And I'm if I'm shaving or letting my hair grow a little bit, I'll kind of do that just to kind of really help that area. But I love a rice cleanser. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about my husband loves a, a scrub like as much as I give him all these different cleansers, but he loves feel. He, it's like something about the hair and the stubble and it's like he just needs to get in there, you know? Yeah. Like if you ever had a beard... <laughs> you know, man or woman, or however yeah. you identify. Anybody yeah. who has, like, any kind of facial hair, you know mm-hmm. how, like, especially for me, like, as it grows in, sometimes it can almost be painful if you have, like, curly and coarse hair. And then just getting that little bit of exfoliation, physical exfoliation, it really helps a lot. And just kind of, like, helping that area. Because along with the kind of, like, aside from ingrown hairs, also, if you're someone who's not really taking care of that area— you know it can get really flaky and dry, especially in the winter. And so just using something like an enzyme cleanser or enzyme kind of powder will really help kind of smooth that area. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What about dry brushing for your face? I know Netta Porte just wrote about this and there are dry brushes out there. So they help with like lymphatic drainage and stuff. I've not tried this, but I think more and more people are getting it, looking for these like lower budget ways or product-free ways to exfoliate. So have you tried any of those? No. And honestly, I just would not recommend that. (laughs) (laughs) Like dry brushing your face, like to effectively dry brush, you have to kind of be like a little rigorous and a continuous kind of motion on the same area to kind of really see that. I don't actually have the patience to dry brush my body at all. I do use like a exfoliating like brush in the shower. For dry brushing your face, the only, I just don't see the benefit mm-hmm. of that because you have like other facial massage tools. Like you can do like facial rollers and cryo rollers. Like I'm a cryo roller stand. Like I ice my face every single morning. I ice my eyes every morning. With dry brushing, the thing that would concern me about that is the friction that the brush is causing on the skin. It works for the body because the skin on the body is much more resilient than the skin on your face. But when you kind of transfer that same action to your face, you can really cause like broken capillaries. You can really cause inflammation. If you're someone who deals with like redness and things like that, it'll exasperate the redness and kind of flushing and erythema in the skin. So I just don't see that. I would have to kind of explore it and kind of see what that actual thing right. is yeah, for the face. Right. Too long didn't read me neither. <laughs> they probably, <laughs> well, I need, they probably I, have some tips, but um, <laughs> I'm not scratching Well, I, 
I, I don't know. I was very curious just so for our own information here. So I looked at the type of brushes they're recommending because, of course, in Net-A-Porte, if they're writing about it, they're selling a yeah, very sure. fancy, yeah. beautiful brush to do it. Mm-hmm. And the bristles looked soft. They almost look like a makeup brush mm-hmm. rather than like a stiff bore bristle. So I think it'll probably very much depend on the type of tool yeah. that you're using. But I agree with you, Sean. Like if you have a gua sha stone or yeah, whatever, you can do the lifting is... action with that, the lymphatic drainage with that, and there's yeah. no dragging. It's, and it's probably a lot more relaxing. Yeah, I think the yeah. gua sha is a, brushing your face. a much better um, option. The gua sha or like an ice yeah. roller. Because also yes. like those are made for the face. And if the bristles are too soft, you're not actually... Any mm-hmm. benefit? Yeah, just, yeah, just are, like a little. You're just yeah, like it's tickling like almost, your face. Yeah. Can I ask you about electronic cleansing brushes? Because I know a lot of people are very sad that they can't get their Clarisonic brush heads anymore, and a lot of facialists and estheticians did used to use them in the spa. In fact, that's where it originated. A lot of people kind of got hooked on it. So, is there anything that you have found that you like that's similar? Yeah, I was really never a Clarisonic stan to be honest. One, because it's like, it just felt so unsanitary to like, with the br- a natural bristle brush or like even like a synthetic one, it was hard to clean that. And even in the spa, like when we would use those, we would put them in a kind of like UV kind of sanitizer to right. sanitize them. Like we wash them, dry them, put them in a the sanitizer. What I like now, which I recommend again to all of my clients who have like beards, male clients, anyone who has like some type of facial hair or like coarse hair to use a silicone um, cleansing device. And that's the one that like the Foreo is one that I really love. But there are like tons of like good ones you can find, like just ultrasonic cleansing tools that work really well. The one the reason why I like that is because they're made with like silicone or medical grade silicone. And so one, they don't harbor bacteria. You can clean them with soap and water, let them dry, and the bristles last much longer. You don't have to keep replacing a head. So it's also like much more sustainable for your wallet and just the overall planet. But definitely not natural bristles. Definitely like a silicone brush. It helps a lot. And sometimes I like to do those with like more kind of gentle cleansers that don't really like lather a lot that I kind of want a little lather from to kind of really get like that cleansing motion. But I also think if you don't have like facial hair, you really don't need a cleansing brush. Like your fingers really are the best tools. Right. Right. Love it. Well, I think we've pretty much exhausted everything there is to know about exfoliating your skin the right way, but we're not going to let you go yet. (laughs) We want to know what you think about TikTok trends. Is there a trend right now that you're hearing about and you're like, oh, no, people, don't don't listen to TikTok? You know what the best thing I've done was to not look at any skincare videos on TikTok. Like, Mm -hmm. it has made my life 10 times better (laughs) to not get stressed (laughs) out by people destroying their skin on TikTok. I know, like, the main trends that I would always see was, like, layering exfoliants, like, doing a salicylic acid and then doing a peel over that. Like, people just really destroying it. And some of the things I'm like, it was for entertainment value, but Mm -hmm. the wrong viewer will take that as holy grail thing to, like, cure acne. Yeah. I think now the messaging on TikTok is so much better with, like, the inclusion of dermatologists and estheticians that really kind of came on the platform to educate. And I think that's really was like the resurgence of CeraVe. That was a brand that I've been putting my clients on because it was like a good brand that was affordable, it was accessible, and that had great products. And I feel like that kind of being pushed on TikTok really helped the brand resurge, but also teach people how to take care of their skin. Like you don't need a stripping cleanser don't need to exfoliate every day. Hydration and moisture and skin barrier support is really like the most important thing. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't pay attention to skincare trends anymore on TikTok. <laughs> and our last question for you, Sean. So what are you the most excited about for 2022? Whether it's something you plan on doing or acquiring or experiencing and like what's on your vision board? I'm super excited to kind of expand what I offer my audience. I feel like, you know, skincare will always be like at the center of who I am and what I talk about and what I love. But I really kind of want to like explore different sides of myself. Like we talked about earlier how I kind of get like bored very easily. I've had a million careers (laughs) at this point, okay? I've been like a hairstylist assistant. I've been a makeup artist. I've been a fashion assistant. Like I've done everything. I worked in spas. I've I've done literally everything. I was like a cart pusher at a certain point. So it's like I get bored very easily. And I don't say like I'm bored with skincare. I think I'm finding new ways to be interested in the space. I think it's because when you're consumed with something and you kind of see like the same kind of content and same talking points kind of reiterated over and over again. Like I kind of want to find ways to offer more interesting and exciting content to my audience and kind of make skincare fun again. Because I feel like on social media, it became so like science-based and which is great. But it also just like, you know, some of us just love product. Like I use things that probably do nothing for my skin, but I just enjoy (laughs) using them. Hell yeah. Open the jar. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's like so many luxury beauty items that just make me feel good and create like an experience during my routine that, you know, it's not a retinol. It's not an exfoliant, but I just love using it. Like there is still a group of people there who just love beauty and who like, you know, don't give a damn about the science. Mm -hmm. You know, like not everyone has acne and not everyone has issues that they're trying to fix. They just love beauty. And I'm, I'm someone who just loves beauty. Like I love fragrance. I love skincare. I love makeup. I love it all. And I'm interested in how it's produced and the story behind it. And so I think that's what I want to explore more this year. Just kind of being more behind the scenes and helping produce product and make product and hopefully consult with like more brands on you know, just mm-hmm. new, interesting, fun, exciting, beautiful products. I'm seeing a whole lifestyle brand in your future, Sean. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going <laughs> to manifest I'm that. I'm buying it. Have you trademarked dollskin.com or oh dollskinbitch.com? My lawyer is on my ass every day about that. <laughs> And I'm like the worst procrastinator. And she was like, someone's going to take it and you're going to spend $100,000 trying to get it back. And I was like, okay, oh. yeah. Oh. She's not wrong. And I'm telling you right now, do it. Because and I need to do it before this world podcast is going to live. Live. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just telling you, friend to friend, do mm-hmm. it. Thank you so much. This has been Thank awesome. Thank you, guys. I learned Thank so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. 
Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. 